Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. Again, we've been talking and speaking on the subject of mind renewal. And again, I like to just reiterate, once one uh, turns to the Lord, gets born again, gets saved, receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, because Jesus said no one comes to the Father except through the Son. Uh, we understand that we follow that up with water baptism, Scripture talks about submersion. Jesus got baptized. John got baptized. And he tells us, you know, that's symbolic of the old man dying and the new man rising in the likeness of Christ. But uh, there's some follow-up to that, Richard. And a lot of people don't speak of the follow-up. The follow-up is a lifelong follow-up. And it's found in Romans 12, 1 through 2. He says, uh, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy unto God, and which is your reasonable service, you know, your reasonable worship or your reasonable lifestyle. And then the second verse says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and you just declared before the uh, broadcast, we were in here talking and you were talking about how, you know, that sin nature, it, you said you, you phrased it in such a way that it was built in. What did you say? Well, see, we're born with a sinful nature. And we use it all of our whole life until we become a believer. And so for a human being, the default mechanism right. is to go back to our own sinful thinking. Right. That's just what we do naturally if we are not listening Trans to the Spirit. Right. Or And the Spirit is going to command you. The Spirit is also referred to as the Word of God. And see, this is why Paul says, so I say to you, do not live by the sinful nature, but live by the Spirit. Because if we don't listen to the Spirit... There's only one other way for us to go, and that's back to our own sinful nature. Right. And with that, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And then over in the Romans, he commands us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we understand the only thing that's going to transform us and renew our minds is the word of God. So in reality, when we got born again, we got a new spirit. Our spirits got open and redeemed and restored back to God. We can now hear from God and fellowship with God. But we didn't get a new mind. We got the same mind. So now the mind has to be renewed. So God's going to work with you from the inside out now. Because you got a new spirit and your spirit is inside of you. The scripture says over in Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, lighting all the inward parts of the body. 
So I'm going to reference another scripture over here in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And he was talking about two ministries, a ministry of death. And he says that's the one that Moses brought. And he talks about another ministry. And he called the ministry of death that Moses brought the ministry of condemnation. Then he talks about the ministry that Jesus brought, the ministry of righteousness. It said it excels much more in glory. And that's uh, 2 Corinthians 3. Verse 9, it says, For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, referring to what Moses brought, those commandments, the ministry of righteousness, uh-oh, that's the one that Jesus brought, righteousness, restoring us back to right standing with God. It says that exceeds much more in glory. And I'm just going to drop down to verse 14. I'm going to look at verse 11. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. And then I'm, now I'm going to drop down to verse 14. Because it's all about the mind. So verse 14 said, but their minds were blinded. But until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in reading of the Old Testament. Because the veil is taken away in Christ. See, Christ tore down that middle wall of separation. Because he came to redeem and restore us. Verse 15. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. Here's the good news. Verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, oh, gets born again, gets saved, the veil or that middle wall of separation is taken away. Verse 17. Now, the Lord is the spirit. You just talked about that spirit. He said the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or there is freedom. Verse 18. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now I'm going to bounce over to 2 Corinthians 4, 16. This is where I wanted to go. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. That's that default system. (laughs) Outward man is perishing. Yeah, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So God starts from the inside out, which he starts to work on our spirit. And it's the spirit that gives life to flesh without prophets nothing, Jesus said in John 6. He says, the words I speak to you are spirit and life. So we've been born again by the word, the uncorruptible word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word made us, so we got to stay attached to the word. Jesus said in John 15, I am the vine, you are the branch. And in Revelation it says Jesus is the word of God. So if he's the vine, we are the branches. We got to stay connected to him. And as we stay connected to him through his word, that's what's going to transform us by the renewing of our mind. That's what's going to change our image from the inside out. And uh, we have to just, that's why he tells us to meditate on it day and night. Because God wants to redeem and restore and reconcile us. And we were talking this morning before the broadcast about Peter. Jesus was walking on the water. And Peter saw him, and uh, that's the name of this broadcast, (laughs) the the disciples that were on the boat with him, everybody was fearful. And they say, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, no, it is I. And then Peter said, well, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Don't do it, dog. Yeah, they was like, don't do it, dog. Everybody <laughs> in the boat. And that's, we have that in, now in our life. We got you people, can't do it. Yeah, when we try to step out, when we desire to step out on faith and do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think or imagine, because we understand in Corinthians, he said, I have not seen, ear have not heard, or is in, in the heart those things God has has for us we step out to do something that seems impossible that defies 
the sense knowledge, other people will be in your life and say, don't do it, dog. Yeah, don't <laughs> Just do like it. they you did on the boat it. when they told Peter, don't get out, it's a ghost. But Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come out. Now, Peter was operating now. When he started walking on water, that was an in man, inward man issue. He was operating in the spirit. When he was just, Jesus operated in the spirit constantly. So Peter started operating in the spirit because that's how mankind was originally created to operate in the spirit. So he did that and you know, he began we know he began to sink, but still he walked on water. He walked for a while. Yeah, he walked for a while. But that was an inward uh man issue, just like it was when Jesus asked Peter, Who do men say that I am? He said, Well, some say this, some say that. But Jesus said, Well, who do you say I am? He said, well, thou art the son of God, son of the living God. Then Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven has revealed to you who I am. And God wants to reveal to us who we are, the redeemed, restored, the reconciled, the righteous person that we are, that how he originally created us to be. So, again, that's only going to happen through mind renewal, and we got to continue to just Believe the impossible, and God is a faith God. It's all throughout the scriptures. Well, well, the just shall live by faith. Peter comes out of the boat because Jesus calls him, mm. and he's able to walk. And then all of a sudden, it dawns on Peter. I think it dawns on him that this is impossible. Right, <laughs> he can't do this. And and he well, well, intellect intellect to, kick in. Right. The default system kick uh, in. I mean, you can't do this, and so he begins to sink. There are. And as soon as he didn't realize that it was possible, that as soon as he believed it was impossible, he couldn't do it. It was impossible. Well, well at the scripture that point. says he began to sink. I ain't never seen began to sink with a person. You just sink. <laughs> <laughs> begin was a process. He started sinking, but you because he started thinking and looking at the circumstances, thinking, "Oh, natural people can't do this." The default systems kicked in. He began to sink. And and what happens is. You don't have to get out on a boat and try to walk on the water to face what you think is an impossible task. There are all kinds of things that are happening in people's life. They feel a call to do something, and there are going to be people who are going to say, you know, that's never going to work. Mm -hmm. You know, how many times have, have you heard in your life, our listeners have heard in their life, they've thought of something and somebody goes, that'll never work. We tried that before. <laughs> that'll never work. We tried that before. That'll never work. I remember once my wife and I bought a business and there was an employee that worked there and we wanted to make some changes. And she kept saying, that'll never work. Every time we said something, she said, that'll never work. Finally, after about a week of that, I said, you'll never work. work. You'll never work <laughs> here so, again. <laughs> so, you know, we had to let her go because it'll she's, never she's work. She's so negative. Well, I mean, it'll never work. But the, people hear that all the time. You want to go back to school. Oh, that'll never work. You, you've got kids. You've got this. You've got that. It'll be take too much time. You won't be able to do it. I mean, people here, that will never work all of the time in all kinds of situations. And, you know, we've been talking about Philippians 4, 8, where he talks about whatever's good, whatever's pure. One of the verses I like almost immediately after that is verse 19, where he says, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So these situations that might seem impossible, whatever it is, you want to go back to school, you got a big bill that's due, you don't have a job, whatever that situation is that seems to be impossible and people are telling you that's not possible, people are telling you we tried that before and it didn't work, whatever those things are, 
what we need to remember is my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And that nothing is impossible with God. Especially when we get God's word on it. And remember over in Matthew, I think in Mark and Luke, even with Mary, when uh, the angel came and said she was going to be with child. And, and the angel told her, with God, all things are possible. And well, here, she says, how can I have a baby? Right, right, right. Well, <laughs> well, again, with God, all things are possible. With the rich young ruler, same thing. Well, who then can be saved? With God, all things. And here it is. With God, I mean with God's word. If God said it, and he said this, Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believe. Yes, with men, and that's why God wants to, us to stay in fellowship with him. We're, we're in communion together. Yeah, when we do it with him, remember, who can, what can separate us from the love of God? Again, we are, we're doing it not by our strength, not by our might, but by his power. His holy, that same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in us. We have access to God's ability. Well, throughout the whole Bible, we see this. We see it with David and Goliath. There's mm -hmm. no way he, that David can beat Goliath. We see it when the Israelites hurt the Red Sea. There's no way they can get across that sea. Right. There's all these places in the Bible where sight, and, the, and we were talking about this before the show, we live by our own sight all of our whole life. And then we are called to live not according to sight, but according to the spirit. Well, if we don't follow the spirit, we will go back to our own sight. And there's lots of things in our life that our own sight says is impossible. The Holy Spirit just dropped this one on me. Uh, they say North Carolina, their airplanes, I mean, their license plate says first in flight. Now, this is something we all can relate to. In that time, and again, all wisdom is given by God. He has all wisdom. He'll teach man how to fly. And during that, 1900, 18, whatever it was. 1903. That was impossible. Man will never be able to fly anywhere. That's impossible. What was the two gentlemen named? Orville and Wilbur Wright. Yeah, they said they thought it was possible. <laughs> they thought right, because they, they believed it was possible. They, they believed and, it was possible. And, and you know what's amazing is as soon as they proved it could be done, then almost everybody could do it. Right. And we still fly today by the same principles. Right. Of lift and now, drag. We have better engines. We have better we, wings. We we're improved. We improve the technology. Or we, but it's the we, same. We principle. gain more wisdom concerning flight. But you know what's amazing is, and when you really think about this, in 1903, that was the first time man ever had powered flight because they, they used gliders and stuff. But man had first powered flight in 1903. By 1969, we were on the moon. 66 years after... Somebody said that was impossible too, man yeah. going to the moon. I mean, 66 years after we got off the ground the first time... We're, we're on the moon now. to the moon. Richard, that's impossible. And now, if I had a, grew up on a deserted well, island... Well, 1903, you just said by 1969, we're going to be on the moon. But check this out. If I was on a deserted island in, in an uncivilized... Uh, region of the world that didn't have internet or didn't know what was going on in the world, and you told me about flying, I'd say that right now that's impossible. And you're like, no, it's possible, it's happening. And I'd be like, well, prove it. And then you'll take me to, you'll get online and show me an airplane or say, look up in the sky. But that's how we are as people. And that just shows us God, we're made in God's image in this likeness. It tells us that in Genesis. We have so much potential inside of us. And that's all God's doing is revealing it to us. Well, yeah. And, and this happens in every aspect of life. It was impossible to run a four-minute mile. 
Roger Bannister <laughs> runs a four-minute mile, and within a year, all kinds of people were doing it. And now, today, if you're not running under 350, you're not even in the race. <laughs> and so it is just once somebody did it, what yeah. was impossible? You can't do well, it. it no. And that was holding everybody back. As soon as it was possible, then everybody's mindset changed, and then more people were able now, to do it. And here we go. We're going to go back to Henry Ford, the horseless carriage. Hey, no, that ain't going to work. We know in order to travel, you need a horse and a carriage if you want to take all your goods with you. And he's like, no, I have the wisdom to have a motorized vehicle. And he started getting the wisdom from God and because God gives you all wisdom. And somebody told me this a long time ago. Things are, it's just, there's just hidden wisdom. To God, he already, this is no surprise right. to him. Right. <laughs> he reveals you, things you know to us. I, what I like to think about is you had explorers, Christopher Columbus, name an, any, Captain Cook, any of them. They would go to a place and like they'd come to America, there were already Native Americans here. There were people living in America. And they would slap, plant down a flag and say, I have discovered this. Well, but yet there were already people here. We do the same thing. We make a, what we think of as a discovery. It's only a discovery to us because God already knows. Well, the Bible refers to it as a revelation. It was mystery hidden from you, but now it's been revealed. But God has already known it. He's already known so it. So it's the same way when a person would plant a flag and say, I've discovered this. He only had discovered it for himself and his people. It had already been discovered by others. Well, that's what the scripture means when he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it's, I'm going to start at verse 7. It says, uh, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, but had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to, to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yet the deep things of God. So God knows the deep things, but he's going to reveal them to us through our spirit. That's as we, we go forth and meditate and start applying our potential, just like we just talked about the flight and the automobile. Those people applied their potential and, and they saw something. They had a vision. They was like, this can happen. This is possible. I know everybody else saying it's impossible. The banks won't finance us for our, they said that about uh. Disney, Walt Disney. Oh, man, you ain't going to be on that. Another one. That's why we want to encourage people. This broadcast is called Faith on Fire. If God's given you a vision or a dream, it's never too late. Colonel Sanders started Kentucky Fried Chicken at 65 years old. That's the time the world system teaches you to retire. To quit. Yeah, he starts a new business. One of my favorite stories, everybody's heard of Goodyear Tires. Mm -hmm. Goodyear Tires was named after its founder, Charles Goodyear. Charles Goodyear is a person who came up with the idea of how to vulcanize rubber. That's why your tires don't melt when it's <laughs> yeah. 115 in Chico. And right, that's why right. they don't freeze hard like a block of, of ice when you're at 30 below in Alaska. Vulcanization. As he was developing that process, some of his family and friends actually had tried to have him committed because they said, they said he this was guy's crazy. a lunatic. He's crazy. And so they actually tried to have him committed because. 
he's crazy to even be trying this. He's just killing himself. <laughs> and yeah, if anybody funny. thinks that's listening to us that those days are over, that you won't have naysayers, there are still naysayers. Some of them will be your best friend. Some of them will be your family members. There will always be people who will tell you that will never well, work. Well, here's another one that's near and dear to all of us and real close. The Internet. In the 70s, we would, we would, you'd have told me there's going to be worldwide communication through a computer. Actually, I didn't even know what a computer was. I'd say you're crazy. I can't remember if it was Steve Jobs or Bill Gates. One of their mothers asked them or said to them, why would anybody want a computer in their house? Right. But see, but here's the thing about that technology, that wisdom. God, all, this is not, he's like, well, I didn't know they'd come up with that. <laughs> remember, and we understand that with the Tower of Babel. God said, I got to go down and confound these guys' speech because whatever they set their mind to do, they was going to build a tower right to heaven. And God said, I got to scatter these guys because they got potential. I'm going to have to go down there and confound their speech and, and just separate these guys because they come together in unity like that, and that's a revelation for the church. If we ever come together and be unified, nothing is impossible. They were building a tower to heaven. Well, and they were going to accomplish you it. You know, and you talk about unity, and, and we've talked before off the air, the, the most segregated day in America is Sunday. Around 11 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, everybody, you got the black thing. churches doing their thing, the whites doing their thing, the Korean the Mexicans. But, but you know what? It's even worse than that because we're all segregated by denomination, too. That, too. I, I hear people, the other day I was with somebody, and, and people, that's interesting how they'll, they'll rap or pledge allegiance to their denomination before God. They'll do the denomination first, then, you know, it's God and Jesus. They'll, 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 and because those denominations reinforce that and teach them, hey, I was met two people yesterday, two Christians, and that's the first thing they let me know. Hey, this is my denomination. I'm four square. The other one's an African-American general. Oh, man, I've been with the AME man for umpteen years. And, and you get programmed in their doctrine and you still don't know Jesus. <laughs> you still don't know Jesus because you don't have no revelation. Well, you have understanding of how the denomination works, but you don't know Christ. And we're starting to teach, and Jesus' scripture tells us over in uh, uh, Timothy, there's going to be perilous time. People are going to have a form of godliness, but denying the power. And he said, from such turn away, meaning they, they know denomination stuff, but they don't know Jesus because they denying the power of all things are possible. And again, this guy I was speaking to yesterday, he he talked to me all about church protocol. I mean, in the building protocol. Not, was none, he didn't go nowhere supernatural. He ain't talking about anointing, laying hands on the sick. He ain't talking about loving folk. He was talking about, you know, inside the building stuff. And he referred to the building as the church, <laughs> not himself. Now, I have, have to remember, though, I, I like to cut people a break because well, well, you know, I, I that's, cut just, them a break. that's just normal speed. You know, there's our church. I understand well, what people mean by that. And I understand, too. But at the same time, I mean, it is a building. It's just the facility that you use. But, I understand. But all here's that. the deal, Richard. You can be so programmed into that. You'll actually start believing. It. And here's just an example. And I, and I don't come down. Well, you mean that that. That God's not waiting for you over there at Raymond Word no, of Faith no, building. No, no, no. He's I, over there waiting. Man, I can't no, wait for Vince to get back. He's in me. And, and again, here's just an example. I asked my niece about this probably five years ago before she got the revelation, before it was revealed to her. Because she, all her Christian life, she believed this. And I asked her, I say, I ain't going to say her name. I say, hey, where's God at? 
and it was a weekday. She said, well, he's over there in the building at the church. <laughs> and I was like, no, he, he's in you. You're God's house. You're God's building. So, again, we can get programmed so much to believe that this building, again, is the church. Now it takes away who you are because you're thinking, oh, that's where God's at. So during the week, God's not with me. If I want to go meet God or be with I God, go back to the I got to go back to the building and not understanding that you're because it's all in the New Testament. He says you're the church and Jesus well, is you're the, the building. Head. Yeah, you're the building. So, again, I, I always He's I, the again, We're the I'm changing people's thought patterns. And I call it our facility. We're, that's where we meet on Sundays. And we have a sign outside that says Rama Word of Faith meets here. That's on Sunday mornings, and after service over, that sign goes back in the building, and then Raymond Word of Faith meets all over Chico, wherever we go. Right. The church is wherever you are. Right. We're having church Every now. Every individual member of the church. And when I say the church, I, I like to trick people every once in a while. I say, how many churches are there in Chico? And they'll sit, and they'll think, and they'll go hundreds, I guess. And I say, no, there's one. But there's hundreds of congregations. But there's only one church. Mm -hmm. There's one body of believers. There's one biblically, right? Scripturally, there's, but 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 there's a hundred. Con there's eighty there's congregations. Congregations all over. Right. But there's only one church. So if Paul was to write a church like he wrote to the Corinthians, he would write a church to the Chicoans, the right. church in Chico. Chico. Right. There'd be one letter. He wouldn't write eighty letters. There'd be one letter. To the church in Chico. Well, okay, here's another example, Old Testament. The children of Israel, the Jewish people, but they had 12 tribes. Children of Israel, those 12 tribes. 12, and the scripture actually in the Old Testament refers to them as congregations. That's what it means to congregate. It's groups of people. So we have 80-something congregations, but we have one church in Chico, and it is also referred to as the body of Christ. But the church needs to remember there's only one. Oh, yeah. That's a whole the other people teaching. at Rhema Word of Faith are not the enemies of the Community Church of God, who are no. not the enemies of the Nazarenes, who are not the enemies of the First Baptists. Who are not, again, we're all one the God. Family. The Scripture says the God of this world has blinded the minds, and now He's talking about church folk too, Christians. The God of the world. That's why at Rhema Word of Faith, we every time I hear, you know. You're a church. You're a church. And I'm like, well, first of all, it's not my church because Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church. He said he'll build his church. So I don't have a church. I have a I pastor or a congregation, but it's Jesus's church. And, and I'm one of the shepherds over that. So anyway, it's about mind renewal. And again, God wants to renew us from the inside out. And uh, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And But before we go, this is Friday. And on Friday, we just want to ask you if this ministry is a blessing to you consider sowing into it again we dare ask you how much you're going to you can give but just whatever it is you're willing to give remember you're helping make it happen and remember we walk by faith not by sight If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.